Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the LGL Officially Unofficial Podcast episode number 33. I will be one of your co-hosts, Alex, otherwise known as Alex, I go by Mars One on the internet. And of course, I am joined firstly by the terrific man himself, Samuel Nishalize Habgood, sir. Welcome to the podcast as always. Glad to be here. Welcome, welcome. And obviously on the other side, or also in your ears today, it will be the delightful man himself, Alex, otherwise known as Nymera Hapgood. So welcome also to the podcast. Meowth, that's right. Hey guys, how's it going? Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. <laughs> it's just so sad. Yeah. I thought We're out he, of worlds. I thought he was yawning initially. That's that's what it's. No, no, no. <laughs> it was supposed to be melodramatic crying, and instead of confusing everyone by sounding like I'm yawning, apparently. Yeah. What's <laughs> been so boring? Like, no, oh what's oh. not been boring? What? My, my Chewbacca impression is bad at the third best of times. Don't ask. Oh God. Ah, uh, Sam. <laughs> Nishalize. So, what is this podcast? Uh, this is a podcast where we lament the failings of V3 Esports, formerly of the LJL. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we are a podcast that covers uh, all things LJL uh, in English, basically. Uh, and at the moment, that involves a bit of V3 stuff. Involve a bit of V3 stuff? Ah, we're covering the podcast. We're doing LJL things in the English-speaking language. Nymera, there must be some association with maybe Riot Games or something. Oh yeah, you know, like when when World's Planes was coming in, we were just says like, so uh, you know, just just, a, just slide a buck on the table, and say you could give us a good good group draw, right? You could <laughs> no, just make it's just just slides, you know, grease some palms, give us that good group. Um, unfortunately, that's not what happened. Nor were we able to do that because we have no affiliation with Riot or any of their partners nope. worldwide. We do everything on our <laughs> own. We have no ability to affect Worlds in any kind of way. Please do not take <laughs> that seriously. We're on our own here. We are on our own, and as to not take it seriously, I'm gonna double down on that, like KFC's Double Down Burger. Man, that's a good one, it's just chicken and cheese. Um, All of what we're saying here is our views and opinions, it's why I can bring up KFC and I don't feel bad about saying a brand (laughs) or sponsorship because they have nothing to do with us and I can say whatever the damn I want, but that also does go for anything and everything we will say. Obviously we do not represent Riot Games as Nymera said and we also are not representing the LJL officially unofficial here. This is purely a location that we can talk all things LJL and you might find it a little bit easier due to algorithms over the interwebs. <laughs> and hey, what that hey. means is that if you think we're wrong, you can flame us for it, because it's our own opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Al, do you want to check out the window? I'm thinking I'm... There's a guy getting a car. Oh, God, it's Colonel Sanders. He's here for us. <laughs> oh, I love Colonel. <laughs> I, he's, here. he's here. He's here. We're, 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 we're chatting about... I, I love his dating he? game. <laughs> Solid <laughs> dating I game. Love the fact, I love the fact there is actually a KFC. Yep. You can get made. it on Steam right now. You can. It's finger licking genius. Oh, oh God, <laughs> Alex, what the? I threw up a little in my mouth. Okay, let me <laughs> let me just run through uh, social media and Discord quickly. You can find each of our social media handles oh, at dear. Nightmare, at Initialized with a one, or at Mars One. You can also find it in the show notes. You can also find the LJL officially unofficial Twitter or Reddit or any of those accounts probably by searching LJL officially unofficial or LJL unofficial into your preferred browser or within the search bars of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. We also have a Discord which you'll be able to access through the show notes as we have a little invitation link where you can join us as where we uh, hang out from time to time asking questions 
on and around the LJL. And you can also find all of this podcast and any of our past episodes also on any of your preferred audio streaming downloading platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Gentlemen, Worlds has happened and <laughs> sadly... What's happened for us? Yeah, we were the first team out of Worlds, including all of Play-Ins, V3 Esports, um, sadly had their first, their last game on day number three, and they were the first team of the tiebreakers, meaning we were the first team out of Worlds. It's a sore spot for all of us, I think I am more than comfortable to say. it's. Uh, this did not mm. go down how any of us expected. Firstly, they went 1-3, right? Like, that was disappointing to see. Yep. Um, we bigged them up, said that they could be contesting for second. Um, they weren't. They were, uh, had a lot of issues, which we'll go into later. Uh, I'm sure we'll expand on so many different things today. But yeah, I think overall, my first thought is just, ah, oh, crap. Because it just feels bad for us, really. It just feels bad. Yeah. I think the other thing is other teams who we expected to falter didn't psg came in incredibly strong in a way we none of us expected with their three substitutes like that was an incredible story for them and for mm. the pcs uh, some of our friends like the likes of ibris and stuff are super happy with that and rightly so yeah, I, I wonder in fact whether we, we see uh kong and uniboy being uh looking potentially to move over even to psg after the kind of the way that worlds looked it was a great looking roster uh rainbow seven as well after their horrific start stepped it up in this in day two way v3 and, and and that was a problem right v3 kind of regressed where everyone else progressed and i, I think rightly so we're the team that went home first oh dear right okay so we've got a show note here we're probably going to be jumping around here ladies and gentlemen but uh mm-hmm. we Frankly, when oh, what well, we went, we won our first game versus Rainbow Seven, and then we promptly mm-hmm. watched uh, watched V three lose every single game. And frankly, in my eyes, the more games we played, the more concerned I got for V three. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, their draft, their play, just their confidence seemed a little bit. Just the more games they played, the worse it looked, honestly. And yes. that, that was the disappointing mm-hmm. thing because they started with, honestly, not a bang in my eyes, more of a whimper to Worlds. Mm. I, I think that day one was... it was so they, Serviceable. They going, it was serviceable. They went one on one, took a game off of Rainbow Seven. Um, pretty good in that one. Uh, you know, going into, coming into groups, oh, yeah, Rainbow Seven, probably not going to be the strongest team, so we need to secure that victory. It'll be a good game for us to settle in. Um... It was a really cool game versus Unicorns of Love for that second one, where, you know, mm-hmm. lane swap got pulled out and everything. Mm. Um, but it looked like V3 just were not prepared to, to roll with the punches in the same way mm-hmm. that a lot of the teams were in this group. Um, so yeah, this, this topic that we're going on to now will be broadly labelled, What Went Wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here, gentlemen. And uh, I mean, we've got a lot of thoughts on this, really. That, yeah. I mean... V3 lost back-to-back best of ones to LGD, and LGD looked to be the worst team before V3 faced them in groups. Just, they looked to be just awful, really. A little Mm -hmm. little bit of that, I think, as well. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out that um, what what LGD, rather, were doing on the first day and a bit of play-ins 
was not what LGD had been doing in the regular season. They had changed their playstyle up entirely. They'd gone away from that. So basically how they won the, the you know, against Invictus Gaming probably most famously was the fact they were doing things like they would lose lane and then they would turn up in team fights and just out team fight their way to victory against Invictus Gaming of all people. Um, around well, objectives they did 6-1 Invictus, and they're a team that counter Invictus yeah. in playstyles, so... Sure, but that, exactly, but that playstyle was not what they took to Worlds play-ins. They started playing mm. weirdly split-push comps. They were messing up around team fights and objectives. They crushing put lane. their tank player on carries. And, right. Mm. <laughs> and, like, it was sort of things like... Um, you know, and even then, they still had the best early game stats of, of any team in players. They were up ridiculous amounts of gold and stuff early. Mm -hmm. uh, they had like 100% first blood rate, all of that kind of jazz, you know, 80% uh, forward percentage or something stupid like that as well. Um, and then, of course, so they're like the first few days where they're trying something new out, it goes horribly wrong. They go back, of course, for V3 to how they won in the regular season. Peanut gets kindred uh, and V3 already looking a little bit nervous get kind of ruffle stumped frankly oh yeah they did yeah. it, it wasn't what, what, what? it wasn't pretty yeah it, it wasn't i do you guys want to dive into like one of the big i mean what do you what, what do you want to take i mean i've got there are so many ways we can go with this i mean what that, do you, what, what do you that, let's let's maybe first go back and uh do the what went wrong part first and then mm. let's go more into the games probably and then we can link mm. any games that we want to so the first point that we've got here um rookies on an international stage now obviously paz and boogie do not have this and actually in paz's interview that uh we've spoken about in the previous episode mm. of the podcast or maybe two episodes ago now god it's been a while um obviously he was talking about how he's kind of trying to bring in this level of thought process for worlds and international stages just mm. remain calm don't get too stressed out it's just a game still it's no different to playing at home really um but these are the three players that came to what that have had their first international experience and that's going to be ace reiner and archer and honestly only the, the rookie out of all of them looked like the best performer for me absolutely yeah absolutely Good job, there, buddy. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so so Paz has had international um, experience before. He was on DFM back in like 2017, yeah, 16, that kind of era. Uh, he went to one of the international wildcard invitationals, which is kind of the what the players replaced. But it's not really the same as Worlds. You don't have the same kind of pomp and posture around. It doesn't have the same kind of viewership or the same kind of pressure on it. Um, it was also an era where wildcards weren't expected to, expected to succeed. So I think that. Um, Paz, again, I would say, actually, even then, he's probably one of the players which also wasn't mentally completely solid this tournament either. Um, it looks as a whole that every player on V3, besides Archer, was just really uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. We saw them trying to pick up a lot of picks which they were comfortable on, and the comfort picks just did not work for them. And that's when, I mean, a couple of podcasts ago, I was talking about, oh, you know, Sports psychologists might be really important for V3 because mm. they need to come in confident because they need to really back themselves to win. Didn't really happen. I know they have a sports psychologist on their on their management. That didn't work as intended. I also think no. another thing which you were talking about that Paz interview we talked about a while ago. Um, it was him saying, "Oh, I I knew what DFM were going to do in the finals. We we really clearly identified what they were doing with Shen and engaged support." 
that didn't really show up either on no. stage of v3 it also seemed like whatever they were using in the regional player in in the lgl playoffs didn't come through onto the playing stage where they were using that more cerebral style yeah. to mm. just outthink the enemy team composition so i think oh. between like the comfort mm. picks not being comfortable at all and also this big strength of theirs which is identifying strengths and weaknesses of both of theirs and the enemy's compositions just did not come to fruition in plans yeah. i agree and i think to take a bigger kind of overview on that front as well like you saw the first game look pretty much like v3 best friend they were a little kind slower of, kind of. a little a little slower than perhaps they normally would but it felt like a v3 kind of game mostly you know uh with with some you know boogie getting to the right places you know like good good collapses from the solar laners and all that kind of thing that that was great news then you moved on to the UOL game, and it was kind of another step forward. It's like, okay, we're going to pull out the Caitlyn lane swap, our new tech. We're going to get Carthus in the jungle. We're going to go for these these, level, these sort of very... VCS third seed. Orchestrated. <laughs> yeah, these very orchestrated level ones that we love to do. You know, we go into the jungle. They lose the level one. They lose some skirmishes where they're kind of like trying to play the weak... They get caught out by the weak side police, as Cadrill's been talking about it. And uh, they... Um, give the cast in some early kills having won a skirmish and like, there are other issues in there where they they get a little over eager and that game ever after that game they seemed to really lose confidence they played slower they look less confident they look more timid frankly and v3 you cannot be timid on the international stage you really really no. can't not with the the way the current meta is and not with how v3 normally play to their strength right it, it is about decisively following up on boogie and his playmaking and the rest of it um, and that kind of progression of kind of upwards and then kind of a really stopped drop off where yep. they did kind of, you could see the nerves get to the rookies at that point. Oh yeah. crap, we've lost. Oh, things are putting to pull back in. Oh no, I'm losing lane. And then you kind of watch everything narrow down and um, their style of being quite fluid of backing up people like boogie as i've been saying just never really happened um, it doesn't even come to that honestly I mean, for a... me it, it, like realistically they just weren't playing like how they were playing for the most of spring mm. and let's be real no, all of summer, summer. Yeah. they didn't draft how they normally they didn't play the early level mm -hmm. ones this lane swap thing was a really late addition to their kind of toolbox mm -hmm. of things that they yeah, can they bring out. out twice both times in playoffs yeah this isn't that's something that's they have to course. rely upon. For some reason, and I honestly don't understand why, they had to index on it and do it twice at Worlds. It's clearly it's not going to work. Did they do it twice? They tried to do it a second. Twice. No, they I, they definitely tried to do it a second time and then gave up when they picked the Scion. Then realized halfway through their draft they had to give up on it. It was their final. Uh, yeah, it was their yeah. final game against LGD. Um, they drafted the Scion. It looked like they were going for lane swap, and then they got out drafted completely, and they couldn't go for it. But if they weren't, okay, sorry, I got, I got they, they, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they had the Scion They had the Scion banned away in that one. Oh, was it um, the game four? It was they, one of them where they picked it, and then they didn't do it because they drafted awfully anyway, so they couldn't do the lane swap. Okay. Um, but like V three, just like they weren't playing their lanes. They they they. They shouldn't have been doing lane swaps because clearly every team was prepared for them, especially after the Unicorns of Love game. Like, it's clearly not going to work. Mm. Their whole wheelhouse of champions, they just didn't bring out. Half of the stuff they'd also been practicing on solo queue and one. stuff, they just didn't play any of it. We didn't see an Akali. Yeah, Honestly, I was um, ready to watch Ace's Akali because I'd seen some in solo queue. Mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah there, there are a couple of um, clips of him solo killing the lights. Of Magic Felix from you know the Fanatics of mid laner, very very famously just solo Q God. Yeah, he's been doing some good stuff on that champion. Um, 
I actually on that note, oh god. So I, I, uh, there was a point in in uh, the I, I'm trying to remember which game it was. It might have game been game two or three. Hmm. I think it was Raz that was saying, oh, I, Ace has got a really good win rate on Lucian and Solo I'd really like to see. It. I, th I think he's a bit of a of a Lucian player, and we're kind of sat here like Ace is Ace no. is not a lane dominant <laughs> player. Ace should not pick Lucian. So one of the reasons we like even remember when he picked up the Orianna against um, DFM and that one oh, game they lost. I think mm -hmm. it was in game three. Mm. Just there was like, yeah. Yeah, this isn't an ace pick. And there's some very good reasons for that. I think that the team is... The reason V3 succeeded in summer is to weaponize ace in a way that didn't require him winning lane. Um, yeah, which means that you can't play stuff which needs to win lane. So that's Azir, uh, Orianna, TF, Lucian, even Akali to an extent. You can't just be weathering the laning phase. You need to actually be gaining something from it. So I think that when Lucian was so high priority, and I know you're talking about the giant champion pools, um, of some players, I think that there were some picks which were also very prevalent on the other side of things, um, which V3 just were not prepared to pick. Stuff like the Ariana and the Lucian and the Akali. Yeah, mm. yeah like the fact that in the mid lane, um, Ace didn't or doesn't play the likes of Ariana, Lucian, Twisted Fate. Yeah, we were just saying really, that. Yes, yeah. Exactly, as you were saying. But he'd been playing that in solo queue, like yeah. repeatedly sure. to a high sure. challenger level. Versus people yeah, like, like Magic Phoenix Akali and stuff. At least, yeah. yeah, like he yeah. can. Akali at least, yeah. He... Exactly, he's got. Exactly. The question is whether the team can play around it as part of it as well. Like, True. Um, and, That's fair. Uh, That's and like, me, really. They don't yeah, play and around like, mid ever. Yeah, and like, and, and even so, like we were, we have even, even so, like there are there have been a limited number of champions we've seen ace on stage look strong in lane on like even if he has pulled them out like his oriana when he pulled it out wasn't that fantastic in lane uh which is you know as, as i was saying you kind of do need to be more than mediocre in lane on oriana to make it work at a pro level uh especially at worlds um but then who and, were know, who well, were v3 playing around then at worlds well that's they were just playing around paths that's what they're yeah. trying to do um, and this is the thing. So, I mean, another point we dropped down is like the bad read on meta, which is a very mm. vague topic, but it covers so much. I mean, it covers so much of what B3 did, right? So we can just absolutely explode onto that topic. I think you talked about draft. Huge, huge thing. I think there were two big points. One is Renekton into Ornn. Don't pick that shit. It doesn't work. He doesn't end up winning that matchup. And also Renekton into Ornn. When you've got an AD jungler like Lee Sin, that is a death sentence. You don't, don't get it. to do that. Um, LTD did it too and lost it horribly. Yeah, you, you, you cannot pick Renekton with an AD jungler because that means that Renekton is not a champion that can be played around because if you try and gank his lane, the enemy of um, top laner can itemize very, very effectively um, and just get to a point where they win the lane. In fact, we saw the point where Paz, even though he was getting a lot of attention from Boogie, was getting mm. solo kill by Longshi's Orn. Really good champion. And I, I get that one play. It's kind of taken a bit of out of proportion because Peanut was already the other side of the tower waiting to kill him if he'd gone that, back that mm -hmm. way. But I think that V3 and their best performing at player Archer uh, did not get focused. He was not the guy getting mm -hmm. the ganks. It was Paz, and Paz really didn't use that lead well, apart from in that one Rainbow 7 game, the one game they did win, when he was like yeah. this flanking Renex, and that did really well. But like, I know the likes of Yamato Cannon, before Lexi takes us somewhere else on this one as well, um, um, I know Yamato is saying, like, look, uh, this has been a meta in play-ins of who team fights better at 20 minutes. You know, it's, it's Orns, it's Orianas. And he's expecting that not to be the case in the group stage where people are a bit better, are more coordinated, can, coordinated, can pull off something like Renekt to Nidalee. That much better at executing and running over the game from there. And I, I think there is just this kind of baseline level of uh, you need to be this tall to ride. Um, and I don't think even if, say, you know, ostensibly Boogie's probably got the champion pool and skills for it, I, I don't necessarily think Paz is, is that guy. 
um and i do think it showed yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, one, they just showed if they're going to play through Paz, they weren't giving him anywhere near the amount of priority in pick and ban. They were just kind of leaving him to yeah. the wolves. They would random... I fucking hated this. They would randomly pick Renekton and then just be like, yeah. hope we don't lose again. And then you lo you get counterpicked or you just get on into you. And it's like, well, what did you expect to happen? Like... And then they yeah. would pick into Orn Renekton. It was oh. that's that's the thing for me. Like if you see the Orn, you can't pick Renekton. Just like, pick it, it, it just doesn't work like that. Uh, at least not at this level. In fact, yeah. one of the reasons why Renekton Elise and now later Renekton Nidalee has become much less of a threat for teams facing off against it, you can lock in something like either a Gangplank and an Orn, which can just suck it up. Mm. They have a way to yeah. ignore that first stun, either with the Bellows Breath or with the Oranges or something like that, and just become more useful bluntly at later stages in the game. And because V3 had quite meh, well, very meh early game stats, it didn't matter that they had the early game powerhouse in the Renekton. They weren't getting the leads to show for it. Yeah. Uh, and then they yeah. just got massively out team for when it got to the team fights, which mattered. Uh, yeah, like, and if you are going to play kind of Renekton plus X jungler, like you do need to be able to get something done at that level three mark, you know, that level three, four mark. The fact that Boogie kind of set up for a number of tower dives in games and then had to pull away and pass somewhere else. They did it the first, they've done it pretty much every game. Eventually you would get something, but when that's then at like 10 minutes rather than at six, say, or at three and a half, like that is a big difference. Because an Orn that has got an early kill before Orn's got stuff yeah. is a very different beast when a Renekton that finally gets a kill at like 10 minutes and the Orn's already got his items and ults and the rest of it. It's too late at that point. And what You've was got to play faster if you want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And what was ridiculous is what Paz got on one dedicated tank champion all mm -hmm. out of all four, no, five of the games. He got to play Scion he, once. He did get the Scion banned a couple of times against him. Sure, but, like, but then play Maokai. Play other shit that clearly yeah. you are more adjusted on. Play Orn. I mean, well, Orn wasn't. Was <laughs> or, or just, yeah, thing. play Orn. I think this is, so we saw people like Vedius tweeting out about this and a number of other analysts like, wow, V3, they should just pick Orn. Um, well, bluntly, they probably didn't end up watching any of the playoff games where Paz got absolutely smacked on that champion. He but was that... playing up against Ebi Shen and got smacked. But he that's not the against, point, uh, right? Yeah. He, that he should yeah. be able to play it if he's at Worlds. And this, yeah, and this is the problem, yeah. right? V3, they're at Worlds, but they're at Worlds with players that can't pick pivotal champions. Mm. Pivotal champions. Uh, and we're focusing on Paz now. We're going to have to shift over to Ace at some point, and Boogie too, actually. Those three players all had moments where we're like, hey, this is not the champion you pick here. You, you, this is just uh, this is a detriment to your team because you cannot play these champions. And let's move down I mean, into like, the it, jungle. Let's do that, if you don't mind. Uh, Sam, go on, last point, and then we'll move over. Just so, so like, I, I, I will say that, obviously, you know, uh, his Orn got slapped by Ebby the one game he picked it. And we went like zero five and four or something wasn't great, but I mean in the regular season, remember this guy had a forty two KDA on Orn, like he had some great games on the champion. But for whatever reason, that playoff game or whatever happened there really shook his confidence in the pick. And I grant you, the LJL's top planers aren't the strongest like overall pool. We've got a few guys who are very very strong here, like, like Ray Funky come to mind. Yeah, yeah, maybe Apperman on a good day. Um, yeah, has to be I mean, good day, and Aatrox has to be in meta. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, right. I mean, I mean, there was the uh, yeah. one game Afterman had with the the um the the the, the, the Nar where he just ran over a sideline. It was like, yeah, oh, but yeah, that's okay. Apperman things, mate. Yeah, you know. yeah exactly. Oh, actually, you, there are you, there is I, a bit I, of that. Too. I have to say, plans. I was just internally screaming like, oh, why couldn't we send Nap when Orn's in meta? Oh, why couldn't we send Nap? Nap. Oh. Why couldn't we do that? Or Ebby. Or Ebby. Uh, 
one of the yeah, two exactly. literally just exactly. oh sucks man exactly and, and and the fact that you know obviously against the one our you know superstar in the region ebby or one of the one of the few we do have um the fact that you know he got slapped and you know that was always going to be a threat at the world stage. He didn't feel comfortable to pull it out. Went to Renekton, and that was all, that was significantly worse. Like that was problematic. I think the Scion was more a fit for the meta, um, but mm. then honestly, it didn't seem like V3 had a deep enough meta champion pool in terms yeah. of what was genuinely succeeding to Absolutely eat up it. enough bands, right? Because mm -hmm. it was the point where like Boogie, Boogie didn't get a a single pick of the big farming jungles. He didn't get a single. Graves, Lilia, Nidalee, or what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, it's those three. They're the um, top three. Those that, three. That those in. three champions. Yeah, he yeah. didn't pick. Um, he didn't pick Akram. Well, they were banning Akram, Graves a huge amount. It's their most banned pick of like sixty. Let me actually had it. I just had it up actually. Uh, Probably the setup for it's, AP, it's, I guess. It's sixty. It's sixty percent that they ban they banned Graves, but then sixty percent Nidalee and Lilia were banned against them. I think. I think they banned it when they were on red side. I think, I think they banned like it when that. they were on red side. I'm not sure if they banned uh, Graves on blue side at all, unless they were trying to trade that. Anyway, there, there, there are some drafting reasons for that. It's, it's something like that, because they only play five games, unfortunately, yeah. so we don't really get that many trends for them. But I think that's a big thing, because actually, um, particularly because V3 weren't playing like the 100% win rate top lane mid lane, as it meant that jungle just had to eat all these bans. Yeah. And now we should probably talk about Biggest Champion Pool. <laughs> So this was Sam, a man. What do you think? Lexi, what do you think? This was the man that had the largest champion pool when it came to junglers in the LJL. And I'll be honest, mm -hmm. I can forgive everything that V3 did if in that final fucking game he picks Echo. He what? he he could pick Evelyn, but Echo was the one I was screaming at. Looking, I was like, this is the time where you have to go mega hyper carry. And one of the best champions that we're already seeing from Unicorns of Love, I believe, who are stomping on people. Was it PSG Unicorns? As well. Oh, was it PS PSG? It was PSG. Kongyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good at it. It was hard carrying on this Echo. Boogie, it's time to do this. You can do it on Evelyn. I don't mind. But please stop playing this fucking Elise. Christ, man. Yeah, he's got like an 8 KDA on Echo over his uh, over this year. He's played it four times, three and one, and he's just been absolutely stomping on it. He's, the guy's yeah. really good at this champion. Um, actually, the one um... I think, I think like, the, particularly this last Elise game, like the whole composition oh. from V3 Esports made very little sense. Made no sense. Had the, you had the Jax into Camille, where Jax wins that matchup. Honestly, like you can have some play if you time your hook shot right to get out of the... Oh, Counter strike and stuff, but mm. but you but you but you fall off. You know, it was set mid lane against the Oriana that's going to have like free reign. It's Peanut on Graves who will out farm you release, and you got a, you got a Zaya and a, and a Nautilus, and the Zaya needs more time to get to items where the Elise like, needs to get th the Elise set want to get things done early. Like, like it's I, a I big mismatch. So I don't mind having Elise in the game they had against Rainbow Seven, which was the game they won, where they had the Elise. I think it was Elise. It was Elise Renekton. Zoe Renekton mm. and the so support was set. There's yeah. like five people with a CC. That it's enough. It's, it's at that point where um, you cannot bring enough cleansers to the table to make yourself safe in the pick comp at that point. Yeah. If you're playing like they had an Ash as well. Set Ash. It was yeah, so, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so all five members have pick CC, and then I'm like, okay, sure. At least just lands the cocoon. They only have one cleanse on that person, and they didn't. I think they were playing against someone that couldn't build them Kale's either. So it's just like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I can understand that. It kind of makes more sense in my head. Whereas in the game versus LGD, when they picked the Elise, it's like, yeah, so you're doing that with a sat mid that isn't really a pick champion. He he doesn't nope. have that range CC. He has to flash in, so that means you're going to lose that only five every five minutes. 
it just didn't make sense to me as opposed to as you're saying the echo which we saw could work for other teams and it is something which v3 have played the entire year yeah um it allows him to have a a much better ability to be the team fight dive and also still have an ap jungler which he's really good at which can build zonias i think boogie is one of the best zonias using players in the world he's really really good at that um he had a couple of good moments actually really I mean, good look at, at the final shit. lilia versus dfm He's really, really good at by like avoiding three plus cooldowns mm. with one Sonya's usage. Um, yeah, but obviously I mean, it looked like his champion pool had kind of regressed in players, which is really sad to see. Uh, and I think sometimes was like, like the thing with Elise that is, I, I think that last game it was kind of a little bit desperation, a little bit trying to find comfort, trying to find some playmaking early on. Because the thing with Echo is like, it can take a little bit to get to me. You're not the fastest farmer. You kind of want six before you can of definitively pull stuff off even if you know you do have options with the parallel convergence and dives um whereas elise is like okay it's red blue it's red blue gromp i'm good to go like that that you're there and ready to go um problem is when the rest of your lanes and team isn't set up to go with that like the camille set laners were a bit weird like where was a shen from paz for crying out loud mm -hmm. you know? he plays that too yeah, so where was where, like uh, like if get the Shen top lane? Give me give me Zoe in the mid lane. That wasn't banned. If you had Shen, Zoe, and then Elise as well, suddenly you just turn up bot and then you can play that game. Like it felt very disconnected in terms of all the different pieces. Like again, I'm not the biggest fan of the Elise, but I understand that it's comfort. I understand that Boogie does play the champion well. I understand that it's the last game and you want to go towards something where your playmaker can playmake. Like I get it. But then you need to make that work. You need to draft for it. And they just really, really didn't. Like, it, it didn't make sense on, on a on a pick-ban perspective, if nothing else. Like, never mind how it played out in-game. Like, way before that. I'll be honest, I was far more disappointed that V3 never really gave Boogie the carry opportunity. Like, they never really built I mean, a comp. I mean, that was the Karthus game. That yeah, was but Karthus is, is like that mid-to-late-game hyperscale. It's not how V3 has won a lot of their games this summer. When they when they have played around Boogie, it's not when yeah. uh, they don't plan to get to 35 minutes and then they're like, okay, we unlocked Boogie, we so, win game now. They, they yeah. normally stop playing through Boogie at minute two. <laughs> The yeah. thing about uh, Boogie on his carry champions is his carry champions have mobility. When mm -hmm. he's playing stuff like Graves, yeah, even Lilia with the Q moves and stuff like that, his Lee Sin, when he's been really good at that, I mean, of course, he played one game of it, but that was with the Renekton, and we already talked about that's just a trash combo. Diana! Um, he, yeah, his Diana. <laughs> literally, the first game of him we saw in the LGL was Diana Jungle. This guy loves his ability to dive into team fights and do cool stuff. You can't do that on Karthus. In fact, he tried, I mean, he tried to versus UOL. Well. Um, <laughs> he did try it. He, he, it it didn't really work because eventually this Kassadin came online from UOL. I think they just got, I, I think the, mm. the, the Orianna flex to bot and the Kassadin mid from UOL was really well done. I think they played around it very well and V3 just got themselves outdrafted. Um, uh, yeah, and I think whereas when you are playing something like Echo with the reset button of your ultimate and even at least with the repel is it has a similar thing to that. But things are like, you need something which can also scale while also doing that alongside the Elise and at least doesn't do that. So yeah, the yeah. Echo is probably the perfect champion in so many of these games. It seems like V3 just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Because they tried the Silas, remember? But the thing about Silas compared to Echo is that, and in fairness, actually, Boogie's best game was probably on that Silas mechanic. Oh, I think it was, really yeah. good outplays. Mechanically-wise, um, yeah. But also... You can't really play Silas and have shit losing lanes. Um, you need to give him space if you're going to you, do it. Because Silas' yeah. early clear is awful. Atrocious. Genuinely awful. I have 
Isn't it like three and a half minutes or something, Sam? You, you can't act you, you, you can't do a full clip because you run out of HP. You have to back part way through a lot <laughs> Fuck of Fuck off, really? Um, if, if if you're if yeah, if if you're yeah, doing if you're doing it, I, I mean, if you have a leash, you can you can you can kind of pull it off. But, it's, but you it's need a really hard leash. It's, like, it's a lot. Uh, it's very very okay, hard. Things sure. are, if you're ever in, if you're ever interrupted, things are just really really awkward. Um, like and even so if the you one, just the force him to take HP, he's in trouble. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you if you just end up invading him, it's like, oh, now he's down in counts he can take, and it's like, and he was again to, again into peanuts, um, into peanuts kindred, and it's like, yeah, okay, you probably don't even win. Yeah, it, it's it's very hard to win a lot of those matchups. But playing it with a Galio mid, oh no, it was against a PSG. That's when he played the cells, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was it was yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, they picked Galio mid at that point, and Galio just doesn't get early prior without a jungler that can all the, th the thing about galio is that um he doesn't 100 to 0 laners he just sets up so well whilst also bursting out about half the hp in quite a consistent fashion so it means that your jungler always gets that kill but if your jungler is never going to be there it just doesn't matter the other laner can always play like the jungler won't be there because chance sorry won't bloody be he's a silas <laughs> i mean what was far more tilting about that psg game is um B3 deciding to draft into a Kindred and just go, let's go champions that are good, that, that, that are good. I mean, bad into Kindred. Bad, yes, that sounds good. Ah, yes, yes, they early pick it and let's just draft a tank com that gets shredded. Just... Oh. Like, oh, it was, like, yeah. like in yeah. the straight 1v1, like, Silas can can get Kindred because yeah. a lot of her auto, before she, before she gets marks, her auto range is within range of the uh, Abscond Abduct. Abscond oh, abduct, yeah. basically. So you can get on top of her and then you kind of just win through you just out heal her even with I mean, let's like be honest, everything yeah, exactly, yeah. abscond abduct, sorry. Exactly. So exactly. So like you that and you're a squishy AD carry and you don't want Silas on top of you. Like that's that's no surprise there. But like the fact is you've then got, you know, like you all these things which are trying to, you know, like blow up Kindra's like, well, she's already you're not gonna kill her before she gets this ult off at the minute, not with the how and far. And then she's gonna you kill you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the rest of the team just follows up, and she's already got four kills. Like, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing is, like, particularly in that game too, um, V3 drafted four melee champions into an Orn Rakan, uh, backed up by a huge backline where Kindred could all. You have a Syndra and a Senna bursting <sighs> through the whole team. And it's like you never kill the Orn because you've got like a Renex and into, into Orn, which mm -hmm. we said is kind of awkward. And the Kindred can reset a fight. Senna heals shields, and like you never make it to the backline. You die horribly trying to cut through the Orn. It was um, yeah. More uh, problems. I, I mean, that's just, yeah. that's just backing up the earlier point we yeah. made of, okay, V3 getting outdrafted and have a bad read on the matter. Because yeah. if you yeah. draft into that kind of comp, I, things don't go well for you. And they didn't yep. outplay. They didn't get and the like, early leads and they lost. And, and there does have to be a question at that point that actually, um, why were V3 not prepared to play something like Hecarim or Evelyn? Yeah, you know, huge. If you wanted, if you wanted Boogie on carries, you wanted things that can, like, Hecarim's a great engaged choice. He does a lot of work. We saw the likes of Kakao doing fantastic yep. things on that. We saw Ananasik doing fantastic things on it. Uh, we know what Evelyn can do. And we know that Boogie is, is a player of the champion, or at least historically has been in solo queue. Like, what is it about the... Either the way the teams play around the, the team plays around those picks, or what's going on in the solo lanes that means that they can't facilitate those. Because Hecarim and Evelyn do need a bit of setup. They do need the right team comps to work around them. Um, and... Uh, because you know like Hecarim kind of wants to you know hard form he wants to be at like what 100 cs at 107th cs something like that about 14 minutes if you've not yeah, hit that mark 14, you're in trouble 15, you need yeah. to get to trinity force um i can't remember the exact i think i think it's 15 minute say. trinity force and then after that you yeah, should yeah if you be want good. that yeah 
Yeah, exactly. And you do need to hit that point. Um, you have to, yeah. Evelyn as, Evelyn as well. It's like, if you do not get to death cap at the right moment, you are not a champion. Um, we saw like, that from, unfortunately, uh, Shadow over in Mad Lions. That was yeah. awkward. But Banshee's Veil second made me very sad. <laughs> anyway, we're getting a little bit beyond, but, but my point being is, to kind of bring it back a little bit, is that Yes, Boogie's chat. The jungle pool was definitely crushed, but at the minute, the jungle pool is fast, bigger than I think it's probably ever been in terms of viability. Hell, we didn't even uh, see some preseason season five is the only time I can remember it was large. Yeah, but that's when I mean, we're like... seeing stuff like TF jungle. Yeah, yeah, Ranger exactly. Jungle, Weird stuff. Ribbon like, jungle. In... Yeah, exactly. But at the minute, you know, you've got Kindred, you've got Graves, you've got Hecarim, you've got Lilia, you've got. Uh... Uh, what else am I missing? Hecarim. We've got... You've got uh, Lee Sin. Lee you've Sin got Ser, Echo, Lee, Silas, Volibear, Jarvan. Evelyn, Volibear, Carthus. That's 11 already. Like, you should, like... That's and the other thing is even if you can play them all, you like, can play Zaxadron. Zaxadron, yes, actually, that's, third, oh, that's yeah. what, 13 at that point. Um, and that's... The problem is that's a lot of very different play styles that require a lot of very different team comps to make them work. It's all well and a giving lot of practice with yeah, that exactly. too. Mm. And, and if you're a very instinctual team, you can kind of, I mean, like if you mm -hmm. know, like you're a big team fight team and you can just like change your roles around and who's doing the initiating, whatever. Like yeah. actually Garm's really good at that. I think um, yeah. they're really good at just changing around what they're doing in the jungle on the fly. But very few teams can do that fluidly and V3 is certainly not one of those teams because they're so practiced around having their players put on rails mm. and said, this is your role in a team. This is your role. Yeah, and like, you know, particularly the fact that um, Boogie was kind of ha had to play AP jungles because of where his mid lane, his, his mid and top were kind of at. Because um, outside of Aces Zoe, he wasn't really playing a lot of high AP stuff. And then Galio sure brings some AP, but you don't really want him being your sole AP damage. I, I mean, I think that's probably fair to say right now. Yeah. So yes, that's no, you can't have him. Move on to that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Galio can't be your standard AP bearer of the, for the team. He needs to have backup He's, either through no. a support or um. Uh, Galio's not a carry. Galio's not a carry. Jungler offering at least extra AP mm. damage through like, a team. Like a Morgana helps supplement a lot of the problems that Galio's normally introduced to a team in my eyes. Yeah, um, I mean the thing is, like, if you're if you're an AP jungler. That's fine because uh, you you can actually snowball really well off of the mm. the Brunic Echoes and people don't build MR against you. Galio is is not a carry. He doesn't he doesn't have no. that full burst. I mean, I think that tally on um, Legacy for the oh yeah, you guys had some Great really game. good games, really good games on Galio, and I think that's one of the times when you were like, okay, maybe he can carry. But it is once in a blue moon where he does have the position to really just yeah. run over a team fight on his own. He always needs setup, always needs combos. Um, so yeah, you do need something which brings out a bit more punch, which is why we normally see him go back to something like LeBlanc. Um, can we talk about Ace's champion pool and stuff? Because there's a lot of stuff and things. So I know we, we spent forever on Boogie, so you want to move on, Lexi, that's fine. Yeah, like, I mean, he's only, he only had one good game, really. Um, and that was on the, the one that Zoe, game. Zoe. No, two Zoe games he played. He played two. Ooh, I seem to be on my own, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hello. Ooh, oh, we're still here. You're back, you're back, you're back, you're back, you're back. You're back. Right. So we can hear you part with your sentence. We can quite hear what the sentence was. We're like, you know what? <laughs> on your end, that's the important thing. Yes, and I was just like, hello. <laughs> well, I seem to have disappeared, but I will keep on going as if nothing yeah. happened. So um, yeah. he played two games of Zoe. He played the first one versus Rainbow Seven, but then he also played Zoe and had an okay game versus Yi. 
Um, because he wasn't actually a, yeah. yeah, he wasn't a cause of concern for that one. That was where Reiner, who that okay, I have to get this off my chest because I saw Sam tweeting about this, I believe. Um <laughs> the pronunciation of Reiner was tilting as crap. Uh, uh so annoying. Okay, no no like like I okay. I I, I uh, um, <laughs> just imagine just, oh, okay. No, I like I wanna be yeah, no, let, let's be professional about it. It's, it's just like okay, like guys, his name his name is not pronounced in English, it's pronounced in the Japanese pronunciation of those letters because he's a Japanese guy. So it's not Rainer, it's Reiner. Um Unfortunately, he fought all year to get to an international event, and all five games he had his name mispronounced. Apart from Raz, good on you, Raz. You well done, it. Raz. <laughs> um, it's whatever. Like, it, it's just yeah. one of those things which slips through the net. But yes, for it us is. watching it as V3 like, fans, like no. And obviously, like you know, hands up. We did the exact same thing. Oh, in we spring did. Yeah, we did. And, like, and it's also one of those things where you're learning a lot of different names, and you think that one's super easy. You don't need to think about it because it looks very easy to pronounce. It's just one of those things that can catch you off guard, and it did, unfortunately. Um, Sorry to yeah, uh, think, completely yes. take us on a rail yeah, no, no, of uh, the Reiner no, thing. Uh, no, it's all to be too. I tweeted a lot about it. Very good. Um, <laughs> so Ace played two games of he Zoe, did. which honestly, probably his best champion representation. He didn't lose lane, which you know what? Against yeah, not, against not, the level not until like twenty minutes. Like he was even until about 15 which is fine yeah and i honestly against um against rainbow seven and lgd ace seemed fine for at least the early stages of the game it was when he uh <laughs> played his other champions which honestly the set the draft was a whole nother kettle of fish for that one so i'm not gonna blame the set too hard against the second game against lgd it's this fucking galio yeah uh, yeah yeah all right, let's do it. Like, it, um, it is a well-known and discussed topic, if you've watched any of our content, that Ace has suffered in lane. This guy just randomly dies at points. He gets 1v1 quite a bit in a bad game. Uh, we saw this when he was against, like, Arya in their second game, when mm -hmm. they did lose. Um, he's had it a couple of times by the likes. I mean, look back to the last playoffs when they played off against DFM and his Zoe game in game one or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. He just got a bit trashed by DFM. He just occasionally just does not control waves well. Um, resets quite poorly, falls behind and becomes a bit useless. On both of these Galio games, he got put into Syndra. He looked wholly uncomfortable in that matchup. He got solo killed three times. times by by uh uniboy on the side of psg yep. i can't remember how many, he didn't get solo killed against uol but that's because he was against a castadin but he was down in pressure against a castadin he got down massively 20 outplayed when um castadin ended up um, ring, running him around the map and then escaping and getting a triple kill at the end of it or whatever we're getting a number oh, of kills that, that, that clip well, is going to be how v3 yeah. are remembered from it this is world. it is you know and that's that's absolutely and, and i really hope he doesn't let that define him as an international player because that is going to suck but ace uh, just got absolutely dumpstered on the galio just and completely thrown uh, out the window and, and it's it's all it is not a good sign when the casting is up in cs versus you and he's first to the room as your and your Gallia. Like, oh, no, in fairness, Kasten is a good matchup into the Galio. It's not unplayable, but Galio has to make things happen. Yeah. Ace didn't. He had a predator to try and make things happen, and it just no, he didn't, didn't get it. Didn't well, work but, out. And and I think that's something else I wanted to pull up on this front. Like, even if he wasn't going down necessarily in CS, he was often caught under his tower. Like, even on things like the Zoe, very much on the sex. That's the way that matchup works. Don't get me wrong. But like, uh, and it meant that we're in the regular season in playoffs. 
Ace would always be the first to roam. His teleports would be there. He would just sack waves and turn up with Boogie somewhere. Yeah, even against didn't... Sengoku and, and CJ, which have very mm. competent midliners. Yeah, and like he would, and like and and that jungle. wasn't happening. And I and I don't know how much of Thank that God. was nerves and him like being a little bit slower to move because of that. But that kind of the strengths of Ace being his roaming and how he gets to places wasn't really happening. There's you know like uh, and even sort of versus that LGD game when like they set up for that top dive uh, and <laughs> Paz gets solo killed and then and then Zoe teleports. Like yeah. it's sort of like that kind of awkward decision making was as problematic as some of that kind of the laning problems we really saw where ace was was the weakest mid laner in the group i'll be honest by a significant portion i'll be honest lads i went back and watched last world's coverage of dfm i wanted to have some mm -hmm. dfm games to gauge where how far i should be really expecting the ljl to perform sure M my god did v3 not even perform to arguably a half of the level that dfm represented and dfm were doing some wild stuff in my eyes i mean they had that yeah. one crap game versus isaris that was the one yeah. game which yeah. i remember and but I'm like, like dfm I, would at yeah. least still just go fuck it we're gonna do our thing and we know how we can do our thing and evie's gonna play nah and we're gonna put cyrus on um karma and we're and we have a moment and that karma has a moment where she get where he gets the triple kill under the bot lane tower and everyone goes that was great well dfm yeah. <laughs> at least they've got that karma player and he also is a heimerdinger player and people in the international yeah. stage ban it yeah. like splice ban that actually, and it's like okay v3 really suffered from karma getting nerfed horribly because they, they were such a karma team they they flexed it a lot they played around it really really well and it helped them team fight um i'm kind of sad we didn't see ace pull out syndra or leblanc at all yeah um i, I think there are a number of pick or even just honestly just pick karma anyway you did it during playoffs you can do it again put okay. boogie on something like kindred or whatever and then just put i don't know yeah. paz on tank duty do something like that they, if or you're if gonna you play to slow if you're going to play slow, play a comp that actually plays to that at that yeah, point, yeah. right? Don't play a mid-game spike when you're not playing well in the mid-game. At least just try and hold on, mm -hmm. like PSG did, actually. Draft them towards late game in all situations, yep. and try and bring it out that way. I think they didn't identify what was working for their team. They only had five games to do so. It happens, don't get me wrong. And honestly, I'm still proud of V3 for getting two worlds. They've yes. been a great team this year, yep. but honestly, they just completely fell apart in plans. Yeah, no, th there's no other way to really put it. Sadly, V3 just didn't really show up in, to the like to the level that we had been hyping them over the last arguably three or mm -hmm. four episodes of this podcast. We've been slowly building them yeah. up, watching them play. We've been seeing like Ace, who obviously is our most concerned player from what we've been saying, um, and then yeah. maybe Paz. Ace had been performing beautifully in solo queue he'd been playing a lot of more flex picks I mean, game game four in the finals game five in the finals versus dfm we had a lot of hope for him yeah mm. yeah and it, none of it came to be mental game is a huge one playing on a different location is a big one going through quarantine for two yeah, weeks yeah. and then coming out but you can say a lot of this, but then a lot of it is comparable to every other team, and it's just who is better at adjusting to that on a interpersonal basis, and that sometimes is a very hard thing to know and gauge, gentlemen, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, let's be real, Archer, the rookie player, maybe played the best? Oh yeah, he oh, was definitely. brilliant. Definitely. Archer was amazing. He really, really was. There were games that even when they were losing, Archer was winning. He was the top farmer in the whole of play-ins. Like he got 9.6 CS a minute. He was above everybody else in, in all of play-ins, either group. 
like that kind of thing. His DPM was pretty damn good. He was making the right numbers. Like that is a fantastic sign for this rookie player. And Reiner had his moments as well. Like even like the Nautilus game when things were going wrong, he still managed to find a pretty great engage around the river. It's just too late, you know. Like the brawn wasn't fantastic for Reiner. Don't get me wrong. It's not a playmaker. All the other things we'll probably get into at some other point. But you know, Archer and Reiner had a pretty good tournament. Archer in general looked pretty fantastic. His positioning was great, and he was rightly yeah. praised as as a real shining light on V3. Sadly, yeah, I, he was I, the only one. He was the best um, Ash in Plains by quite a long way. A lot of teams mm-hmm. were really struggling to make the Ash work, and I, I, I really feel for this guy, because considering how far he's come in a single year, it sucks that this is how it's going to end. I hope people remember that Archer was the guy that did didn't mm-hmm. fall apart and actually did very well. Uh, I could epic. easily see a Korean academy team picking yeah, up Archer. I could do too. Like, uh, right snap right him up and going, yeah. you're perfect right now. You've already got world's experience from the playing section. We're just going to pick you. And in two <laughs> years, you're going to be on T1 main roster. And I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they, he, he could be end up being a trainee for one of the big orgs. He probably could be. I really hope he stays because we love the guy. And I think that... Um, He's shown us so much to be proud of in this region in the regular split and, you know, uh, taking down DFM for the first time in forever. Really, really cool. But the international stuff obviously didn't come through for him. Um, I think that the drafts didn't help him particularly much in the Zaya game in the tiebreaker versus LGD. What the fuck was that? Like, honestly, he ended up doing okay. I know some people are like, oh, it was kind of a weak game. I actually don't think that. When you're dealing against, like, a freaking monstrous jacks jumping on your face alongside everything else, there is only so much you can do as a poor Zaya with only one ultimate every two minutes and he did really well he got a load of shutdowns he did a decent amount of damage i think be... the one game i'd maybe hold against him is the caitlin game versus ul but yeah i'll be honest when that when that zaya was locked in i was like did archer think we're playing team fight tactics and we're still on 3.5 where <laughs> mm. we could play the shredder comp and go complete blade master yeah. i was like oh yeah. archer yeah no this isn't tft mate we're in fates now also yeah. so wrong freaking set mate uh, what yeah what, I, <laughs> just I mean the Callista would have been great there friendly Callista nautilus play around the bot side give me a shen go Callista nautilus and go for it like that would have been my call there if you want to go the set mid pick shen top go Callista nautilus bot just play around there Go for this game. I mean, there's so much um, they could have done differently with that yeah. pick and back. Yeah. I mean, like, I've, I mean, the other thing I have got to call out, as I know myself and Al had some questions about some other analysts who said, eh, I'm not sure about Reiner's vision game, yada, yada, yada. And we said, oh, he's pretty good at denying vision and stuff. He actually had a pretty crap tournament for that. He was yeah, the worst I... at pretty much all of the, you know, he was at lowest av- vision score per minute of any port player. A lot of that does come from mid prior too, though. Mid and yeah, jungle of course activity it does. does come from that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just as a t- as a whole team, um, V3 were not out on the map very often. And that just was not good for them. No, and that's how they have been playing all of their games through most of spring. And let's be real, all of summer, they played around mm-hmm. the map. They weren't a team that was meant yeah. to stay statically in lane. Yeah. Like, Paz is yeah. going to roam down to bot. Bot is going to roam into mid or top, and they're going to try and get the... They were playing very much an LPL style of game where they will fight for every objective. And then suddenly they got to Worlds, and they're like, nah, it's yeah. not bothering. It's a... Yeah. Bit disappointing, really. Uh... Yeah, it really was. I mean, like, in Reiner's credit, he did a pretty decent job of clearing wards, but, like, his wards per minute, his average vision score per minute wasn't fantastic. Like, those kind of things were, like, you were watching games at the 15 minutes, he'd be down 20 vision score to somebody. Like, (sighs) you, you can't be doing that, especially when actually you're the lane that's doing kind of well. Like, you're supposed to be, you know, at that point, you have got some agency to do things. Not even, like, he's caught under tower all the time, so... You know, I have got some questions there. I really do. So, gentlemen, we've 
pretty much covered honestly to an extent we could probably talk for several hours on this topic if we really wanted Another to time. <laughs> but uh i don't think this is really the time nor the place as the wounds are still open for us um i've held off on even making a video on v3 because i was started doing it and i realized i was just going into meme territory yeah. i wasn't going into analytical and cri and constructive criticism territory because i was just so passionate coming in and my hopes were disappointed i saw initializing myself both have the v3 probably banner and emote on our yeah, i accidentally bought the emote instead of the logos so. i did uh, both I, accidentally yeah i've got yeah, both i got i got i got the emote and i realized i was like well i want the profile picture so i guess i'm spending more riot points all right damn you papa riot i guess i'm doing it but uh i think we've done all of the games as well that we need to cover unless anyone any any of you really want to cover a game in any form of depth i think we've covered it a lot in how um, we've talked about I think what maybe the ul game is the one where like we, we might want because i think the ul uh -huh. game is one that teams might people might mischaracterize we don't need to go mm -hmm. too deep into it but effectively sure. this you is the game where you tell, tell us what you to do the lane swap mm -hmm. um and it was a really fun game to watch. They lost it, but it was um, first fifteen V3. were really expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we it, basically what V three were trying to do is trying to take this Caitlyn who had TP and then have the aftershock set. Um, try and get Caitlyn alone in a side lane, have Sun on the other side, and then just try and get turret plates and try and hold down the enemy team whilst also buffing up their Caitlyn to a point where she could just um, be very, very strong. Mm. Um, and then, effectively, all of it came down to this one set of plays. There were probably two turning points. The first one was when Scion all end in bot lane trying to kill mm -hmm. Orianna, and Paz misses his ult, kind of flubs his Q2, and it ends up meaning that it means that it's a one-for-one one because um, the card salt comes through, but and the Scion passive finishes off. But at the same time, um, Archer and Rhino do not understand that Camille is still top lane, and then they can actually get focused on a 3v2. They get dove on, and they die there. So they end up getting a 1 for 1 on the bot side of the map, losing a 2 for none in the top side of the map. And it's like, okay, so you tried to get this whole really cool early game, and then things fell apart there. And mm -hmm. then there was the cast in an escape with three kills being picked up randomly. Like, V3 had really good ideology, really good ideology for that game. It's like, okay, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to speed up the game, take down mm -hmm. some outs turrets, and then get Caitlyn just sieging around the map and not playing in this two v two. It just ended up being a bit of disrespect in terms of pushing up in lanes and UOL punishing really, really well. Yeah. So don't flame them too hard for that game. From my opinion, I actually think that their ideas were okay. Yeah, and I think also you got the other point called was the, the level one invade, which nearly worked out. Oh like my yeah, Rhino yeah. creates a great face breaker off the Raptors and mm. onto an enemy. It's like this is great, and then the thing mm. is they are kind of hesitant to blow flashes to follow up, and then they get flashed on in the pit with a great Camille flank over the back of the red buff flash hook shot to get a kill back. Um, and even then they still play out the lanes kind of all right. But if they got a kill there early on and then kind of fought the thing in a forty vibe, I still th I think they could have potentially turn that around like go back and watch that level one it's pretty damn close but that's like the only response. game i'd want to go into because the others were either yeah. very boring or very sad <laughs> yes but so exactly i think that game was fun i think the i think i think nightmare is exactly right to call it actually there was some good stuff out of v3 they didn't quite there's some really great ideas that didn't quite work out the level one in fact the lane swap the two the, you know the, the herald play that got flipped around because it all messed up um I mean, also, I mean, yeah. the other thing that we've already highlighted is this Carthus makes no sense for V3 to play, and Ace was also on this Galio. So, I mean, even with our, our criticism of this, I mean, they still play. If it was an Orianna mid and it was a regular ADC, yeah, I'd agree. The Carthus is okay, but as soon as the Castan's locked in, it's like, oh, okay, Carthus is going to have a really hard time this game. And he did. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Not surprising, like, really. I mean, 
Carthus in a split map state is something the VCS has done a lot. Gamma pulled yeah. it off to incredible success. And it was near and it was starting to look that way for a little bit for Boogie. He was up 30 CS really early on. Like he was absolutely crushing Anasik on that front. It was like that was fantastic. You know, the fact he's managed to get way more of the jungle, potentially get to a point where you throw the Galio in on a side lane because you split the map up, you press R and everyone dies. Like that's fantastic space. But I think UOL's response was really well prepared. And they did that a lot through the whole of players. I want to really shout out UOL, the fact, you know, they did have such versatility throughout a lot of their players, along with a lot of talent to make the skirmishing work, even if they did uh, overdo it a little. Um, I mean, in all honesty, you know, Sheepy and Unicorns of Love, they, they deserve the congratulations. They finally true. did it. Congratulations, yeah, really. massively true. You know, I've, I've been a huge fan of Sheepy for a long time, you know, and... Um, Obviously, uh, R Roman, who now works for uh, Riot EU, was an old mm. member of UOL as well. He was the the ridiculous mascot for a long time for that. Well, um, I remember going to see the summer 2016 EU LCS yeah, finals and third place match. We got to see uh, the UOL in the third place match there, I believe. And that was really mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got some really good memories of that team. Yeah, uh, exactly. So congrats to them. I think they prepped very well for that level one. They prepped the team comp to respond to it really well as well. So, you know, like for all that for all that we're saying, ah, maybe V3 could have played it better. We've also got to give credit to UOL for preparing an answer so effectively as well. I mean, Gadget on that TP Oriana was just so impressive how quickly they just respond to that. And yeah, I mean, it was hilarious because it didn't seem to matter, manage, uh, matter much that the mid bot laner went Oriana because Gadget's Oriana could have been almost any champion and uh, it probably would have yeah. been okay for them considering with hindsight how the game actually turned out in the end. Gentlemen, I think that's about time that we uh, start talking about a few of the other developments that came through play-ins and firstly let's talk about those first seeds we didn't know who we're going to be even seeing we all had our predictions team liquid and talon ended up being our first place seeds for group a and b respectively are we surprised uh, talon's the big one obviously we're playing with those yes. three <laughs> substitutes but uh are we really surprised for liquid i think liquid was always a fair shout i think it was i think in people's mind they're 45 50 percent chance they come out first in that group mm. it was kind of like okay is their experience going to hold it better than mad lions kind of mechanical craziness and you know inventive drafting was kind of the thoughts coming in mm. uh and they looked really good actually i was honestly quite impressed by liquid i think they impact looks pretty damn good actually their best player <laughs> I mean, by far yeah, yeah, yeah. Jensen's had his moments. Uh, in, uh, Broxer as well. His Graves games were frankly disgusting. Um, Broxer can only play Graves, but he keeps getting Graves at the moment, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. in Core JJ and Tactical, you know, Core JJ obviously a, a world champion, and you know, oh, Core JJ a lot of talent. Yeah, he's very, very good. Really, but, really good. Uh, okay. But, no, okay. Let me let me respond to that. Core JJ is really annoying. Um, sorry. Core JJ is really good at just denying vision and just making sure you have to play respectfully in every lane because he could be anywhere. Uh, that's what he I could be anywhere. Like, I, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's actually that's quite a nice guy. That's a mid laner. As a mid laner, I hate that solo play. I'm just like, oh, I just cannot go for a play because he could turn up at any moment. I want to get a 1v1 and this like, yep, Rakan's here. Good job. Yeah, and Tactical as well as a rookie came in and looked actually very, very good. Uh, you know, his Twitch games, for example, beautiful mm. stuff. Um, so not entirely surprised there. Talon, on the other hand, um, world's history, guys. That is 
three substitutes. Three substitutes coming out first place in a group with LG Bloody D. Well, like, that is day one, insane. two, three substitutes. Day two, two, two substitutes. Two, sure. I know, I'm, I'm slightly facetious, but, but that even is th still unreal yeah and it was the i mean i i was listening to a few podcasts i know munch uh the lpl caster and some of the lpl guys they were doing mm -hmm. uh podcasts where they were talking about this and they were like well if anyone's going to have to switch over it, it might be good if it is a duo like a jungle mid duo makes sense but even then the how quick they are able to adapt to this relatively speaking and just then look like nothing was different or new they, this was what they had done for maybe the whole summer and this is the second tier team what a mochi like honestly uh, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah they... no i mean i mean mochi talon had something like a best of 20 or something or best best of 15 or something across this whole year <laughs> it's been absolutely absurd how many games they've ended up playing against each other and then uh unfortunately the finals were like a 3-0 so it's kind of ended up tilting that a bit because they were completely <laughs> neck and neck going up to that point uh but yeah no it's really really fun seeing those guys and unfortunately we didn't get to see river on psg playing off against boogie mm. i mean not that it would have been particularly fun if we were absolutely stomped like we were but Apparently not. still I'm, I'm really happy for the for the guys that came in on short notice and and i think that yeah. marchi if they are going to be above that level and practice and of a um of a view in the meta which does well for them I'm, I'm really looking forward to them i hope that they take some games and make that group a interesting for them yeah and i think it probably helped that it felt like psg had nothing to lose they're here with so many substitutes screw it let's go for it anyway mm -hmm. and it worked out and the fact that they were playing aggressive coordinated just committing to stuff um gave them an edge over some of the more reserved nervous teams like v3 like lgd who had the weight of 2015 on their shoulder had the weight of the mm -hmm. rabid lpl phantom on their shoulders it looked a little bit scary it was a bit scary they held they lost and i think rightly so the team got through in first place possibly because they were playing with substitutes and nothing to lose and everything to gain um and you know credit to you know, kongue and uniboy are fantastic kongue was the best jungler in the pcs by a long way the guy was a monster uh, and, he, and he showed it up you know but all the same Talent aside, there's also an element of you just played fearlessly. And I think that stands you in good stead when you are kind of in your opening matches in Worlds. Yeah, and I mean, outside of Liquid, Group B is seen as to having the most stacked te uh, teams on one side. Yeah, afterwards now. And especially with hindsight now, we can definitely say that with some certainty because... Three teams out of the four, and we could only max get three teams out of our group, and we got three yep. Unicorns of Love and LGD teams we've already been talking about against V3. Well, they happened to make it through. Honestly, it looked dominant from both these teams. UOL went 3-0 in their series and looked very comfortable versus Supermassive. And then Unicorns of Love going against Legacy. Oh, no, no, no. Um... LGD against, against Legacy. Um, I was ex I was hopeful for Legacy. Um, honestly, I was. Yeah. I I uh, I've I am now a huge fan of Legacy's AD carry. Personally, mm, right. Raze, yeah, Raze, yeah, Raze, Raze just seems like maybe one really of these good. carries that is just going to get imported into like NA or something. He's going to NA again. Yeah. Like it'll be another one along with King and the rest yeah. of I mean, King and like, FBI. It's, it's it's kind of sad because honestly, most of the other regions had some really special moments to 
to really work off of. I think Legacy are going to remember this result for a while. For some sad reasons too, of course. Like, uh, and as much as part of me is like, heh heh heh, now I get to like rag on it every day and Vinny for their, their, their OCE team not making it out. I'm like, nah, they, they they had a lot to show off and I'm I'm hoping that their players end up They can turn around, around and be way crueler. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely they can. I mean, even crueler. I mean, see, I mean, this is the thing, right? I mean, I'm, I'm an SKT fan first and foremost and T1 obviously bombed out and then V3 got absolutely crapped on in the playing stage and then I'm like, oh, wow, well, I guess I'll go support EU. That happened. Mad alliance happened, and uh, mm -hmm. that was a sad thing. Yeah. Oh, so I'll God. just put this right out there. The article <laughs> didn't get published in time. I wrote it in time. It wasn't published in time. But I called fairly categorically that I did not think Mad would beat Supermassive. And it played out exactly as how I thought. Um, what, blue side wins each game? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that basically... That was that, a also fucking that, hilarious but, but also narrative. that I... I um, worried that um, Shadow and Arome could find themselves in a difficult position and Humanoid has been feast mm. or famine like he has won so many games by being so damn good but he's also kind of had to try he's had to hard carry and sometimes oh, about hard carrying really well. exactly he played super well but there are those moments where like he gets caught out and the game gets horribly wrong he had those 0-5 Syndra games like in right in the play and script yep. thing and you know, we question Shadow's mastery over the champions he was trying to pull out. The Evelyn games were not so good. Suspect. Um, and, you know, on the other side, uh, Armut and Kakao were legit. They were really good. They are very good. And yeah, you know, there was like, I'll, I'll give some credit to Arame. Here's Mordecai's game where he went, he kind of ran over it for a bit. You know, some good stuff. And I'm glad to see, I was glad to see he did kind of pull back a little bit. But rookies on an international stage when you're already with your backs against the wall is a very hard place to be see how v3 performed when you are versus some of the most tenured most successful players in the world history of league of legends ever kakao is legendary in the jungle he is one of my all-time favorite junglers to ever watch i just you hope know, he finds a home honestly Matt. yeah i know because he did so mm. well boosting apk prince to dossier and then <laughs> kicks out just... Yeah, and like uh, he's, his Lilia games were pretty great. I mean, eventually the he... only good Lilia because Boogie wasn't allowed to play Lilia. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And who, who was the other good? There was another good Lilia player. Was another good Lilia player outside of? I'm Kakao? not sure about that, Sam. Oh, was it just him? Kakao, I'm, sure I'm him. pretty sure Kakao I thought, was I thought, the. I thought, I thought Legacy had a de Legacy had a decent like their jungler was okay at Lilia as well. From what mm, I can't recall that one. I just know that Kakao. I have to double check. Kakao was the only yeah. one that played the horses in general. He played Hecarim on Lilia and destroyed and did really yeah. well on both of them. And honestly, I I kind of was a little bit sad that um against uh unicorns of love we didn't really see that kind of all-in on hecarim cacao carry game that uh, we saw i mean he... in two of the different uh, in against mad lions as also in their first game of uh planes uh, yeah i mean i like for all this super massive did for the uol and they did so in fairly decisive fashion but yes, that it. last game uh where cacao utterly eviscerated Ananasic in the early part of that jungle on lilia where he oh, starts so enemy good. raptors he goes he's you know he still he's yeah he basically manages to get like he starts enemy raptors, um, then manages to get down to his wolves, take that. Sorry, no, that's wrong. He starts enemy wolves is what he does. He then walks through mid lane to get in. Yeah, he steals enemy blues, gets wolves, goes through mid lane to get enough extra um, XP. experience to hit level three, having stealing enemy raptors, then goes to his side of the jungle, then loops right the back way back around, brings up Snowflower to come and invade onto an Anasix Gromp because that's the only place he could be. Mm -hmm. Kills him there, gets the Gromp, and at that point, 
analysis is doomed. It should be game over and Kakao's sitting pretty. It doesn't work out that way. Um, nope. And obviously I explained that significantly less eloquently than Cadrell did, who, who did a fantastic little run over of it. If you check that out on the VODs, I'm sure it'll be posted somewhere. Um, you know, there was some real talent there. And I can see, you know, particularly versus Mad Lions, that kind of experience and the kind of ruthless efficiency you sometimes need as a jungler to really hard punish your opponent was there in Kakao. It wasn't really there from uh, from Shadow. And um, I think, unfortunately, it showed through in, in Mad Lions 2-3 uh, loss. I think one thing that we... Uh, yeah, just... Uh, this is a bit more of a meta point of Mad Lions. It's like... Obviously, there have been a lot of people reaching out to Mad Lions and stalling them um, and kind of gi giving them somewhat of the benefit of the doubt for some things. And I think it's reasonable to do so because they have so many rookies on their team. Uh, let me just remind you that a lot of the arguments that can be used for Mad Lions can also be used for V3. So even though you might just go like, oh, LGL, crap region, all this stuff. Like, just remember, actually, V3 and Mad Lions were not in a too dissimilar state in terms of bringing these teams to worlds with lack of international competition not necessarily having the best read on the matter. Like, just just be kind to the players. There are some extenuating circumstances in this tournament, too. Yeah, I mean, I think the only difference between V3 and the Mad Lions is the level of play just throughout the whole tournament, which is yeah, why exactly. people have been far more flame, um, giving the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, flaming harder. It's weird. I've seen both people, I've seen both sides going where really giving the benefit of the doubt for Mad Lions, but then also going hugely aggressive into them and for like mm. seemingly no reason outside of they probably lost sports bet money which is mate if if you're losing money on betting you're, you're you you don't understand bankroll management mate clearly clearly and this is coming from a degenerate like christ <laughs> mate like just figure it oh, out yeah um, how, how did lexi vice bring us here uh because i always <laughs> find a way of getting it back background to it always find a way always <sighs> find a way shocking, gentlemen shocking. Uh, my last point that i would like to poise to you before we have any closing thoughts is this is going to be a shorter podcast um do we think v uh v3 have a somewhat deeper run if they somehow find themselves in group a Humanoid and Jensen would have taken Ace apart. Mm -hmm. I agree um, with that. I think Look, interest, and I also think Paz would have been ruined by Armut and Kakao. I, I, that's a big thing for me. I think that um, as much as I think Group A is the easier group, I guess, given that Madeline's underperformed so well and PSG overperformed so much, I still only see V3 playing the way they did, taking one game, and that's <laughs> off of INTZ. Um, much like did versus yeah. Ranger 7. I reckon they might be able to take that. And even then, you know, like, um, I see had that one really good game versus Liquid, really, really fun. And there um, might have been a shout versus Legacy who played a little bit for later on that maybe they But then they're also well really good at the messy skirmishes, which V3 yeah. weren't very good at this tournament as well. Yeah. I think that, yeah. yeah, maybe they have a shout against Legacy, but I also think we had a shout versus LGD slumping and also mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. UOL when we played against them and we didn't pull it out versus them. I think playing the way that um, V3 did, I think it probably would be another 1-3 result. And maybe it would be a tiebreaker versus INTZ that they win. Um, so but then maybe you have a best of five the and then you lose. Maybe, yeah, well, I think V3 are better in a best of five. So I think you could say, yes, they would have a deeper run, but only by one run. They probably make it to the best, first best of five. And then that's not going to go well for them if it's against someone like Supermassive. Mm. Um, because remember that, um, obviously, Legacy came in second. It was Supermassive, which came in, in yep. third. So we'd have to play best of five versus them. And I'm like, nah, we don't win that best of five. Not really. So I think it's, it's kind of a shame to be three, but on the form that they showed, they probably would end up in the same spot as Mad Lions, which is, I guess, something, but yeah. 
it's not I great mean, for them. Maybe they mm. don't get punished quite as hard. Maybe they don't have the the absolute insanity that was Talon and UOL kind of running things over, like with their incredible aggression up their mid jungles. Mm. Um, may, maybe that gives um, Ace a little bit of a surer footing. But um, you know, and the fact that sh- you know actually all of the all of the junglers in Group B eventually turned up to play. You know, Jose Diodo turned up to play eventually. Peanut turned up to play eventually. Um, the fact that Shadow never really did um, maybe would have been something to work with. You know, like, there could have been options there for Boogie Nace to steward up. But from what we've seen, um, it would be difficult to say. It might have been slightly better. I don't know if it would have been that much better, especially with how suspect the solo laners were. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Uh, there was a lot of concerning problems from most of the members of V3, at least at one point or another. Um, I think Archer's the only one that we can give most of. It wasn't their fault. Things were happening yeah, around them. Well. So that's, well. that's it. And Reiner was part of that problem where the rest of the team was having problems. So he was just kind of forced into spots of dying where he probably shouldn't have been going in but uh I actually i thought his nautilus was really good yeah the one game he played at that i think he had some really good players on that Leona his set though was a his bit... set was kind of awkward yeah but then i think moments, i think but, the problem yeah. with the set was normally he had to follow up or go in and start things yeah. and then the rest of the team just didn't follow yeah. up he mechanically set is one of the two yeah but... But Set is one of those champions as well, particularly from the sport role, where if you are you are guaranteed to be a couple of levels behind solo laners, and if you're yeah. going in at that point, um, no, but you're going in, and then you've like, got happy people follow up. There, there were times when like he was trying to be very greedy and like use his mm. showstopper, yeah, then, um, face break into the haymaker, but he'd lost enough HP that he died before the haymaker came out. And it's like okay, you could tell that was going to happen. Looking at it, it just seems like he just his head wasn't in it. That's what I was saying about the whole mm. V three just didn't look comfortable in general, even on their comfort picks, stuff like Boogie's at least like dying in that random top dive in that one get in that in the Rainbow Seven yeah, game. Yeah, it's like yeah. okay, they're still not clean from them. Ryan are dying a couple of times without using haymaker. I'm like. Not looking so good. So yeah, I mean, a lot of different questions. So next year, let's wait for DFM and Aria to make it to Worlds. Yes, that would be the that would be the roster, wouldn't it? And with that, that's actually a really good segue because, ladies and gentlemen, this will be the last podcast from us three, at least under the banner of the LJL officially unofficial for a period of mourning. A hot minute. <laughs> it might be three months until you hear from us on your RSS feed and on the YouTube channel specifically for a podcast episode. As well, with V3 out, there's no more reason for us to be talking LJL. We will be keeping a close eye, obviously, on roster swaps that happens. Mm. We will be doing our episode anticipating and ranking all of the teams and our expectations for them in their regular split we'll be ranking and obviously now gentlemen we have a full year of uh extensive knowledge of watching every single game at least once if not really twice for most of us many times um, <laughs> maybe even more than that if you're alex apparently and then uh vod reviews vod reviews man vod reviews <laughs> Just honestly, we're going to be coming into this one far more knowledgeable. It'll be interesting to see who's still around in the LGL for 2021. It'll be interesting to see who is added as there are always rookies coming in and there will always be players leaving for other pastures, multiple regions out there, or just retiring in general. So, uh, well, it might be a minute before anyone hears us on at least this podcast, Mm -hmm. sirs. 
Do you want to give any closing thoughts truly now for 2020 LJL? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> Pretty much. We're it, here today to witness the life and brutal death of the three esports uh, who were dismantled at Worlds 2020. Um, here's looking forward to a brighter 2021. I think our spicy possibility i think would be that uh steel dfm's jungler will be getting residency next year so maybe dfm make changes now they finally lost yeah so at which point <laughs> yeah which would, and you know and there might be a world where actually you know remember steel looked like a pretty good jungler very versatile uh plays with his team we've seen there's some issues potentially with how Sauros plays the game and his versatility as a player. Like, he's got some interesting picks worth potentially keeping around on the roster, but the likes of Arya, maybe, I'm would loving then be this. available to I'm come I'm loving in. this false narrative where we know absolutely uh, nothing no, no. and we're I'm just, just saying, going this for this it. This would be the dream. This would be the dream. If you got Arya in the mid lane, Evie in the top lane, the bot lane we, that we, is... We, we have DFA, Detonation Focus Arya. <laughs> Six fans, every game. Even his own team bans one thing to make it even. I yeah. mean, what's really scary about that team is what Paz said in that interview we talked, we've talked about to death because we yeah. picked mm -hmm. a part of it and Paz is like, I'm only scared versus two people, Arya and Utapon in the corner. Those things scare me. Yeah, and it's, me. <laughs> like, like uh, that is true. And then Ebby's still in the top lane, probably still the best yeah. top laner in the LJL. So it's like, okay. On that day, they could have like five utterly disgusting. Anyway, like, like, this is a lot of conjecture but it's it it's a man can dream and after seeing v3 who we're so hopeful for to win something in plans um at least make it to the best of fives that's what yeah, exactly. that was all no, of our minimum expectation yeah. we said yeah. that anything but last was workable they didn't make it out of last so that wasn't workable yeah. so yeah it's sad and don't get me wrong i've really enjoyed covering the lgl this year v3 have been such a fun team to follow regionally the players mm. sucked um, <laughs> I, I would absolutely do it again if i was given the choice at the start of uh 2020 again uh, it just sucks at that point, so hopefully yeah. we get some more spicy stuff next year. Maybe uh, a bit more international competition. <laughs> Ooh, one man can dream. Initialize, any closing thoughts for you, sir? Uh, I think V3 should take what this happened to them here and hopefully it'll light a fire under them. They can see what their failings were. It This is mm. kind of one of those make-or-break situations where either you crumble as a result of this because it's you know, it, it's so demoralizing or it motivates you to never have that happen again. And there is a lot of talent on that roster. They kind of. They didn't show much of that talent. Yeah. Well, 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 yeah. well, they fell apart a bit of worlds for, for a number of reasons. You know, playing too slowly, interesting champion picks, um, nervousness in lane and, you know, not being quick enough to play to their strengths when, and letting their weaknesses define them, unfortunately. Um but hopefully, you know, you can take that, take it away. And the fact that we have another team with international experience alongside someone like DFM should be good news for the region. We'll have to wait and see. We truly will. It's been honestly a pleasure doing this whole years of coverage. It's kind of crazy that we've actually stuck with it. And then we're talking about 2021 with plans and ideas. There's so many things that could be happening. But honestly, it's... Uh... A good thing for the CV as well to be like, I actually did a thing and I stuck at it. I didn't quit for whatever reason. And <laughs> we're still here, gentlemen. 33 episodes of the podcast. Now we have a benchmark. It's going to take us 
three and a bit seasons and it'll be on our fourth season that'll be episode 100 where we'll be able to say come in with cosplay <laughs> uh, i don't think we ever plan this out even with me with all the planning <laughs> in the world i couldn't have thought of this but uh who knows season 2024 we might be in cosplay for the first episode unless <laughs> unless we have a deeper run at worlds then it might be a if final... we make it to groups we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do one yeah it'll be uh it'll definitely be something different but we're done we'll see you all in spring of 2021 but do give us all a follow on twitter and social media at nymera and initialize with a one at mus one we're still going to be doing our own thing and own projects with i'm sure that initialize is still going to be writing over for jinx that's with a g oh i will be uh nymera and myself will probably be doing content i know nymera is at university starting his second year and uh that's keeping him very busy and i'm planning to get more into the content creation point of view so it's going to be a lot of different things for all of us here but from myself initializer nymera thank you so much for watching and all listening and we'll see you all somewhat soon <laughs>